Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Stepping Up To You podcast. My name is Joe Farragher, and I hope this can meet you where you're at on this journey called life. In this episode, I want to take you back to some of the earlier days briefly, while talking about some obstacles that influence choices and behaviors for quite some time. Some of the focal points over this episode, and the next few hopefully, will be gratitude, perseverance, and human connections. We'll be welcoming our first guest and share some experiences that have had lasting meaning in my life and many others. I found a quote by John Wooden that I think emulates our first guest mindset. Things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. Wherever you're coming from, I appreciate you stopping by and thanks for tuning in. Growing up, I was always involved in sports like playing baseball, football, basketball, and even through the shot put in middle school. I think my college roommate actually still has a picture of me hurling the shot put for my 200-pound frame as a middle schooler. <laughs> oh, man. I remember not being able to play skill positions and had to be moved to the offensive and defensive line in CYO football because I was too heavy. I was talented enough. I just didn't make the weight limit threshold. Although I was involved with sports and was relatively active, my physique was something that lagged behind my ability. I'd be lying if I didn't say I had some body image issues growing up. I mean, I was I was definitely a portly young fellow. <laughs> From a young age, I always carried around some extra baggage. Like, I'm pretty sure I had a 32-inch waist in, like, third grade. Uh, if, if child obesity was a crime, I probably would have been locked up for multiple years. Oh, man. Before someone gets triggered, though, it's all right. It wasn't because of any kind of neglect. It's I mean, it not like I sat around and just didn't do anything. Human bodies are just very different across the board, um, even with the similarities we, we share. I remember one time in high school, some, someone described me as a skinny fat kid. Like, what, what does that even mean? Um, I, it, I, it makes sense in a way, but um, wow. You know, I mean, you know, they weren't wrong, uh, and I didn't help myself at the time. I'm just going to blame that one on my mom's home cooking, and people kept telling me I was a grown boy. <laughs> and although there were some period of times... Coaches tried to encourage getting in the weight room um, over the years. It, it wasn't consistently encouraged, and I never really got after it from a from a personal standpoint. F- funny story on that one later on. Um, even then, though, sports still had a large social and emotional influence on me growing up. You know, my parents encouraged me and my brother to participate in sports, and we both enjoyed doing it. Uh, we both enjoyed being active. You know, we 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 met friends. Uh, and we got to experience new things through sports. And it helped us stay on top of our work in the classroom most of the time as well. You know, we would spend a good amount of time doing camps or being involved in, in one season to the next over, you know, the course of growing up and uh, getting into high school. Uh, once I got to high school, well, I should say once I got to what I, the rest of high school would be like, I was always hooping. Uh, at least when I wasn't hurt, right? So I broke my ankle sophomore year playing pickup in high school. And I had a senior year setback, uh, which I mentioned before. And I'll actually talk about some more of that a little later. Um, I say once I got to what the rest of high school would be like, because I actually had a short stint at a private high school during my freshman year. So growing up, I attended a Catholic grade school. Shout out to the Peter Eaters. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was a nickname some of the less fortunate kids gave us. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, we had targets on our back for going to a you know a private Catholic school. You know, from 
other people who, who didn't attend there. But I guess that's what happens in society, you know. People make fun of whatever they're uncomfortable with, I guess, at times. So anyways, there was a sense I was supposed to go to a similar Catholic high school as well. Uh, you know, that was a whole ordeal, you know, which actually involved me attacking this kid in an eighth grade class after the teacher left the room because he was making fun of me. Right? I didn't get into a certain school, so he started running his mouth, and me being a eighth grader that I was, you know, I wasn't a bully or anything, but I definitely let my emotions get the best of me here, and I stooped down, and things got physical. Uh, I had an odd way of handling emotions, even at a, at a young age. Anyways, after, you know, finished up um, eighth grade, uh, I got into, you know, I, was, I attended St. Edward's High School for the start of my freshman year, which was and is a very accomplished school, uh, especially with sports. I made a change, though, after some things developed. Um, it, was a, it was a very interesting time for me because I just finished playing freshman football, which I went back and forth on. <laughs> Interesting enough to talk about later. Uh, I went back and forth on you know, playing football um, at the high school level. And one, I, you know, I didn't know anybody. I didn't, I didn't really know what was going on at the time at that school, but I ended up sticking out the season. And, man, those are some talented guys. Some of those guys went on to play, you know, at, the higher, at a higher level. And um, a few probably made it to a professional um, level from just from that group there. But, you know, what happened after football was I ended up getting cut from the freshman basketball teams at the school. Now, I'm not, I might be biased in saying this, but I was probably decent enough to be one of the bottom guys on either of the freshman teams. But things didn't work out for me. And honestly, I probably just didn't bring what they were looking for at the time. Interestingly enough, the public high school where I was living still had open enrollment. You know, good thing the NCAA didn't have jurisdiction here. <laughs> uh, so I ended up transferring to my hometown high school. was lucky enough to get an opportunity by the coaching staff. I made the freshman team, got moved up to the JV halfway through the season, and played in a varsity game in the first round of our district playoffs that year. Fans even had signs that read Joe 220 as I came off the bench and committed a nice turnover, passing the ball to a teammate who was already out of bounds. Still sorry about that, Dan. Cool possibility about the second round, though. We Actually, we lost by four, but it was against St. Ed's, who ended up losing in the Final Four of the state tournament that year. You know, we had our chances, but couldn't get it done. Uh, you know, that, that would have been neat. You know, it was, it was fascinating to see how I found a place in the program that would end up being a large part of who I was in high school. Right away, I was thrown into a new environment that was different for me, but I guess that was part of the package and a new part of things for me uh, and things that were, you know, to come. Regardless, I had some nice opportunities in front of me. Luckily, after my first season, uh, you know, with the with the team, um, I had a teammate's parent recommend an AAU program that I eventually got involved with. This was before AAU is what it is today. Uh, not going to get too carried away, but I think a lot of kids and families are so eager to get exposure, right? So eager to do the right thing for their kids trying to get the best future in place, perhaps, that it's had some negative effects on how some programs operate. Um, I saw it firsthand when I was an assistant college coach, and you know I see it um, even to this day. Sure, there's some 
blue chips out there and some good programs, but I, I personally think that there are a lot of false realities being promoted out there as well. And I think we owe it to the kids and the families to do a better job there. But like I said, I don't want to get too carried away. Anyway, so with my AU experience during high school, I played with a number of solid hoopers from the Cleveland area when I was a member of the Y Rockets led by Coach Sam Woodfolk. Talk about learning how to play the game at a new level. Man, you know, if it wasn't for Coach Sam, I would have never grown as much as a hooper and as a young man at the time. He was in a leadership role through branches of the Cleveland YMCA and put together some of the toughest, grittiest teams in the area. And he made opportunities available for kids who may have not had the resources or chances that pay-to-play programs had access to at the time. It was a privilege to be a part of those teams, to to share the hardwood with those guys, you know, be a part of the opportunities Coach fostered. He taught us and, and me specifically how to play the game ferociously on the court, but to humble yourself and be respectful off the court as well. I didn't say I was perfect at that, but he tried to work those in our lives at the time. Most of those practices kicked my butt. And to be honest, I didn't really carve out a role you know, until I started to understand how hard I had to compete each time out. Not that I never knew that, but just knowing it and doing it and applying it around people who are actually better than you, uh, who want it more than you, is a different story. So that was, you know, that was neat to see how that played out. And as it should be, nothing was handed to us. We had to earn it. We always, he always treated his players with love and pushed us to new heights, regardless of how we acted or what we were dealing with. He inspired a new level of competitiveness that stuck with me whenever I was on the court as I moved forward in my playing days. That hard work started to pay off and get recognized with the high school program. I was starting to establish myself into a meaningful role even after overcoming the sophomore year ankle injury um, during the season. I want to jump and kind of fast forward to my my senior year here for, for this episode, but as a lot of us know, It's amazing how much you know as a teenager, right? You get these ideas that you think it's your way or nothing. You know, like a lot of people in that age group, I thought I had the whole world figured out. I remember getting into arguments or disagreements with my parents just so I could make up some excuse to go out and do some questionable hood rat stuff with friends. You know, the fact of the matter is, if my parents didn't stay on me, even as much as I resisted at times, I would have never been able to get to where I'm at. I remember a specific incident where I got in some type of argument with my parents around the end of my senior year and I ran away for the day. What what am I doing? What am I running to? Right. You know, the thing is I was still undergoing treatment on my foot and I really should have just been not doing anything that would compromise the integrity of the healing process. But I was so, so convinced I had to go. I think it was our prom at the time. And, you know, I just wanted to live life, so I disregarded the cast at the time. I mean, come on. I mean, I got moves, right? But, I, you know, I had to let these happy feet beat up the dance floor, right? No, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm probably the original motivation for uh, Kevin James and Hitch. But, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, what was I thinking? Running away and thinking I was doing the right thing here? Like I said, it's amazing think about what teenagers know and how much they know. Anyway, I was, I was still in the rehab process on my foot. You know, never mind playing basketball. How about walking normal again? You know, teenagers, correct, 100% of the time, 
no doubt about it. I was in a cast because I was recovering from my season-ending foot injury. I fractured my foot, known as a Liz Frank fracture, towards the beginning of senior season, and just as quickly as a promising senior year for myself and our team started, um, it ended for me. You know, I knew I was special, but come on, I happened to find an injury that approximately one in 55, 60,000 people annually, uh, you know, annually affects. Uh, man, you know, I, I, I was devastated. Uh, I mean, I poured blood, sweat, and tears into improving, you know, in order to be a better hooper, but to help lead our team. And, you know, I was gone in the blink of an eye. After that injury, it really affected my, my senior year and how I performed in school. It sped up some of my questionable decision-making. You know, I definitely threw myself a pity party on multiple occasions. I gave up on the sport I loved and, and thought I could never get back to being able to play at a high level, no matter how much my parents tried to reinforce their confidence in me. I started boozing. I know it's only high school. I started boozing and participated more heavily in the herbal pleasures of the world. You know, I really got caught up in the short-term obstacles Instead of focusing on the big picture, it was turning into a dangerous situation that was luckily salvaged temporarily, somewhat, by being able to get decent enough grades and motivation from my parents and a few other people to pursue higher education and with the opportunity to maybe play basketball again, too. So towards the end of my senior year, it was time to pick schools, you know, start thinking about the next chapter of life. I had a bum foot still trying to be rehabilitated and I was stuck in the sense of complacency, you know, this feeling of complacency. To be honest, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. You know, I'm not saying my school didn't try to help me uh, with trying to plan the next steps, but between the lack of guidance, at least accepted guidance, and the fact that my family didn't really have a strong history of, you know, the next level of education, um, there was a lot of misunderstandings about what the right future may look like for for me. I didn't believe I could play at a high level again, and I was so fed up with the process of trying to make my future better. <laughs> believe that one, right? That I could really care less with uh, what would happen next. Uh, a lot of my buddies were either staying local or not even thinking about school full-time again, so that idea was starting to weigh heavily in my thoughts as well. Once again, I was fortunate that my parents kept pushing. You know, I started to visit a few schools in Ohio, try to find a, a good fit near home. And during that time frame, I also received some contacts from a couple schools outside, including New England uh, as well. And it wasn't until late March of senior year that a coach from New Hampshire would make a connection with me that's had a lasting impact and someone who serves as motivation to continue to do better. As they say, the rest is history. <laughs> if only it was that straightforward of a story. But it's my life, and I like to overcomplicate things at times. So, here we are. I'd like to introduce our first of hopefully many guests, head men's basketball coach at New England College, Charlie Mason. Before we dive into things, Charlie has been at NAC for, I believe, including this past COVID year, 19 seasons. He's a five-time Conference Coach of the Year, with two of those coming in the 2018 and 2020 seasons when the team won their conference championships and appeared in the Division III National Tournament as well, making school history. 
He's probably hiked every mountain on the East Coast, and it's rumored he was solely responsible for the rise of NASCAR viewership in New Hampshire during the early 2000s. I'm grateful to have called him my coach, a life mentor, and more importantly, my friend. Without any further ado, Charlie Mason. Charlie, thanks for joining me. Joe, it's a pleasure. Excited to be with you. Just for the record, I've got some questions on what kind of day is it and what's the cereal today? You know, I, I think we're pretty flexible on that these days, Joe. So I'm going to leave that up to the viewers. All right, that sounds that sounds good. Um, but I, I would say it's a great day to be alive. I, that hard, old habits are hard to die. I would absolutely agree um, on that one as well. So I just I take a moment on that NASCAR plug. Um, you know, I don't even know if all of the current players truly understand um, about that. If we were to talk about it, you know, in um, during a team session or introduction or whatnot, but those years were wild uh, for a number of reasons. But basically. Before tryouts, even you know, were 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 there, guys were highly encouraged uh, to participate in a, in a fundraiser for the program. You know, we'd leave campus at like sometimes two, three, four in the morning and head over to uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway to park cars or or check bags, uh, whatever other responsibilities they trusted us with. It definitely wasn't uh, wasn't for everyone though, um, and I remember a few instances there where. Um, we had guys dragging their feet, we'll say, to uh, show their commitment to, um, you know, what it, what it really took to to be part of that program. How did you have, how'd, how'd you come up with that idea, Charlie, of, of getting guys to help out with the? Honestly, we, we, we borrowed that idea from uh, my wife, who was the woman's coach at Plummer State at the time. She was doing it, and we, we followed suit. And it was an opportunity to, to, to create some more money, some more resources for, for gear for the guys. Yeah, that, I, and I remember <laughs> working those days and definitely earning, um, you know, earning a position, an opportunity to, to try out, let alone, you know, help the, help the program there with, with fundraising uh, money. So um, it would take us back to a little bit here, kind of lay down some, fr uh, some framework as we get going, but I'm a, I'm a high school senior, 2006. Um, at the time, you know, you're reaching out around March of 2006. I think uh, those emails uh, started around that time um, where we made contact with one another. And I was also in a cast. I mean, I just suffered a, a season-ending injury in my senior year. And eventually, you know, I ended up making my way out to the campus uh, for – a recruiting visit um, during that time. What do you, what do you remember a first impression um, or information about uh, that original meeting face to face in person? I, I do. I, I, I as I uh, look back at it, the what I remember most is uh, both your your mom and your uncle being part of the visit, and, and their energy and enthusiasm. With, with this potential opportunity. And I remember you on crutches or walking in. A, I, I, I think it was a cast. Yeah, I, was, I mean, it can't be like most most recruits that you probably see on campus for the first time when all I can really do is maybe, if anything, trick shots uh, on that cast. But I don't even think I was, I was playing. I think my mom and my uncle were playing horse. They were. Yeah, they, they left you on the sideline. Yeah, well, sometimes that's how it goes, I guess. 
but kind of thinking into, I mean, that was still a, a, a very important experience um, for all of us um, because eventually we made a decision to attend New England College uh, in that fall um, of 2006. Coming in as a freshman, uh, I remember getting emails later in that summer uh, before got my freshman year of college from, from Ryan Jazeri and Pat Quinn basically saying, dude, you better have your act together before you get on campus because we don't care who you were in high school. You basically got to earn the right to breathe in our gym. Uh, it was kind of like a good cop, bad cop, too. I, you know, I won't say who played which role, but we could probably, we could probably guess. Uh, but they both had the same message. College basketball is a different animal than what high school was. And more importantly, you earn what you get, and you get what you earn. Uh, I mean, reflecting on that now, I love it. I mean, I totally get it. I was a slow learner, though. Um, do, you, do you remember me coming into that high school or some information I, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show about um, not getting after in the weight room? But do you imagine – I, I got to bring this up. I remember you telling me that you were going to be able to – that you were benching your weight 12 times, Joe. I think it was actually 20. Was it 20? I, I didn't want to go too far out of bounds. Yeah. But that would put you in the NFL draft right now. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be a, you know, a lottery pick um, you know, with, with, those, with those numbers. Um, it kind of shows how clueless I was um, you know, making that decision and taking that leap of faith to come out. You know, but really, under, at the same time, yeah, I guess I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, I, and I, I was a hard worker in high school, but you know, I really had no idea. Um, like I said, what I was getting myself um, into uh, coming in to play college basketball. What, what do you, as someone who's been around the game for years and at the college level, coach for over 19 seasons, at least at NEC before you know Johnson State and and your other experience. Um, what do you think freshmen or incoming incoming freshmen um, at the college level really miss about taking that next step? I, I think it's the the level of competition. I think uh, I think, and I think this relates to all of us. You know, when we start thinking about competing, we think about competing against ourselves. And you know, as a freshman coming in, uh, you know, a very common. I've never worked harder in my life uh, than I did preparing for my freshman year. And I I think in hindsight, most student athletes at the end of the freshman year realize at that point, but it. it it's all relative. You can compete against yourself, but when you get to college, you're competing against other people and by other people, uh, many people who are much older and have much more experience. And that, that commitment level goes to another level. And if you, if you, you don't know what you don't know, you haven't been there. You, you can't understand that. Yeah. I mean, if you're comparing yourself to the high school you were coming from or the program you're coming from, you know, you might be, you know, the cream of the crop in that area. Um, but to get to the next level, everyone, you know, was the cream of the crop, or everyone was, or most of them were the, the man, you know, on, on that roster, um, or the best player coming from that program. Um, I mean, I, th I think back to our, my freshman year, that we had a very talented team, several impact players, conference rookie of the year, um, we had a, a senior, Antoine, who was you know, one of our best rebounders and shot bloggers in the country. Um, Ryan Jazeri, who was NEC's all-time leading scorer. Um, legendary lefty, Pat Quinn, who you know scored over 1,000. And all he does for a living now is train professional athletes, uh, including dozens of WNBA and NBA players. 
also kind of walking into comparing yourself to, you know, an, another 17, 18-year-old in high school and getting there and playing against playing with grown men at that next level. Um, Would you do you happen to remember anything from my freshman year? What kind of player I was? What kind of what kind of impact I had as a freshman? I I rem- I remember you trying to figure out whether you, honestly whether you wanted to make that commitment or not. But I think once you made that commitment, um, you decided to make that commitment and be a part of it. Your freshman year, you contributed. I thought we had a very competitive team. I thought you were able to give us valuable minutes. And, and I say that because I think you were, you knew where what your strengths were and what your weaknesses were. You didn't try to be a player that you weren't. I know some highlights, um, you know, that I recall. I remember getting a technical foul that uh, that freshman year for I had some choice words, and I slammed the ball, I believe, on the baseline um, the one game. And then I don't know if you recall this, but I do. I was actually the leading three-point shooter on that team that year. Um, I was one for one. I, yeah, I, I know how many shots you made. You know how many shots? Well, I think I, I bring that up because I think as the shot was going up, um, there was already a sub at the table. Uh, you know, to, to get me out during that uh, particular game. Yeah, I, as, I, as I just got finished saying, you knew what your strengths were and stayed away from your weaknesses. It was a trial and error process. It, it, I guess that's part of that feeling out process as well, uh, just trying to find out the next role. Indeed. As, as Coach Matt Kelly used to describe it, it was a heat check. It's a heat check, yeah. Absolutely, definitely. I wasn't one of my strengths coming out of high school. Um, my freshman year, uh, kind of get on that. It was, you know, overall positive experience. But then something happened at the end of my freshman year. Um, and I don't know if you remember the details, but essentially, I ghosted the program. Um, and, and, I, and I transferred back uh, home to Ohio to the University of Toledo. That, that particular year was, I described that to people as an expensive learning mistake. Um, I got caught up in some, some short-term vision instead of really focusing on what I had, what I had uh, you know, the opportunities that I um, was fortunate enough to be a part of. Um, and, and the program, NEC, just continued to, you know, try to just move forward. I mean, I'm just a, at that point, you know, I was a freshman and wasn't a, uh, you know, rookie of the year wasn't anything like that, um, but you know, it was part of the team. But as someone who who, who learned from that and, and knows from that um, that transition, um, really had a you know, really play, played a big part in my life after that as well. Um, in there, um, I don't know. Do you, do you recall anything from that situation? I I do remember you going radio silent. Um, and that, I, I mean, again, Joan, for, for a freshman, I thought you were someone we were, we, we had uh, a lot of confidence moving forward. But at the same time, people have to make decisions. This isn't a, um, you know, this isn't a scholarship institution. There's an investment that goes beyond just playing and um, how to respect your decision. And uh, I want to bring this up because I was – for a number of reasons, as um, I've shared in, in some of the early stuff here um, on this on this podcast, and as, as people know, I was you know, definitely making some questionable decisions off the court um, as well in my, in my social activities. 
and I think that was a drive, one of the driving factors at the time as well. But I, I, I pulled this up from my history. Uh, December 3rd at, at 4.30 in the morning in 2007, I, I, you know, I had this epiphany, I guess, and um, you know, I realized, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not going, I'm not living up to my potential here, especially as a basketball player and the opportunities that you and the program and NEC gave me. Um, or at least the you know the opportunities to prove myself, and um, I just look at the one one paragraph here. I'll just I'll read here um, to you and see if we can spark anything. But I plan on ending, attending NAC with an opportunity to excel in the classroom and possibly the basketball court to the ability and excellence with the commitment I am capable of. I know I can be very successful and help and a helpful individual if I get my head straight on my shoulders. With all that being said. I do understand that you earn what you get and you get what you earn. And also, as I've learned from the past, you can talk the talk, but you must walk the walk um, with that. And I, I bring that up one, um, it's not the first time I've you know, gone through a struggle, even at that age. Um, but one of the things that, you know, the staples of, of NEC basketball, even before my freshman year, you got there was the relationships and the experiences and the staple of being a program member was personal growth, academic achievement, and basketball excellence in that order. Um, can you can you kind of expand on that, Charlie, in terms of you know why that's such a meaningful foundation for you know being part of the program? Well, I I, I think it goes a long way in terms of uh, return on investment. At at with all the time we've been at New England College, we haven't had anyone go to the NBA. Um, and at the same time, the game teaches us life lessons, and that opens up doors for us to grow as as, as people and, and also as students and, and hopefully have some, some experiences that will follow you well beyond your playing career. And that was evident in you know the things, obviously I joked about NASCAR, you know, working NASCAR at the beginning of the of the uh, interview, but um, that was one of those things, along with you know Junior Jim Grimm's study tables, uh, community other community service activities. I mean, the study tables, you know, that was just a lot of the kids that went to that program or are currently in that program, you know, needed someone to be on top of us to make sure that we hey we're here as a student athlete, and, and the first word of that is a student. And some of these kids, you know, were, were, weren't, didn't have high marks, we'll say, in high school, uh, but were given opportunities to really excel there. And part of that was some of the leadership and uh, mentorship that you provided along with some of the upperclassmen as we progressed through our careers. Do you, um, with the study tables and, and the leadership there, um, Charlie, you've obviously been a mentor in my life and a leader in not just um, in your coaching, but just how you've grown as, a, as an individual. Um, you know, what, do you think, what do you think makes a good leader? I think from the, the people I've been around who've been quality leaders, people like yourself, Joe, I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. I, I always say greatness is the ability to make other people better, and I've I was, been thinking about it the last couple of days. I think leadership is the ability to make other people better. And in the process, though, what you're trying to do is is as much as help others, it help it it helps you. 
Absolutely, at the end of the day, hopefully, you know, I'm able to accomplish um, that with, uh, you know, where the vision I have for what I want to do here. Um, and there's different types of leaders as well. I mean, you just think from, you know, the rosters. Obviously, basketball is just a microcosm of, um, and a minor part um, of our overall journey in life. Um, but the types of leader and the type of people you interact with as well. Uh, what, what do you, I guess, in the leadership, if you, you know, if you're a good leader, you also got to be a good teammate, um, in my opinion. So what, you know, what do you think makes a, a good teammate as well? Someone that you see too in your program, maybe. I think being a good teammate, being a good leader is, is one in the same. I, I think when you start thinking of something more than just yourself, you, you check both boxes. And I think that, you know, in this today's society, that's, that's very challenging because everything is focused on, on individuals. Um, that's, that's where the attention is focused. And honestly, I, I think if you look at a great team, I think you see a group that, that believes in something bigger than just themselves. And I think at New England College, when we've been at our best, that, it, that definitely is exemplified. And you say when you've been at your best, um, you know, we don't, we know there were some early, some early struggles um, in the, in the win-loss column. Um, but do you, you want to know what those numbers were, Joe? Because I, I looked it up. If you got them, sure. Absolutely. Oh, I do. You, uh, the first three years with you on campus, we were 18 and 56. Solid. Yes. Do you have the uh, last several? Uh, well, the, the last season we were 17 and 8. Uh, and then from moving forward, and this kind of ties into, you know. The well, I, I, I would, I, before you move too fast, I would also say, again, what, what we talk about, the, the difference between focusing on the individual and, and, and the outcome of, of the team and what the goals really are. Joe, our, our best win your senior year in that 17-win season, which was – was a remarkable year was uh against a regionally ranked team uh we won 47 44 you played 31 minutes you went 0 for 5 from the field you didn't go to the foul line you had six defensive rebounds one assist two steals one turnover and four fouls and zero points and and honestly you you took the the young man on the other team who was about six seven inches taller than you and, and held him to one of his uh least productive games so if you look at individual numbers, uh, someone, you know, analytics today, they would look and take a look at what you did, and they'd say that wasn't a very good game. And, um, you know, there's more to it than just individual numbers. I, we don't win that game without you. Well, I think, you know, part of that, uh, you know, I remember, you know, that game against Roger Williams. Um, and part of that group that we had um, around there was we were all, we were all good teammates. You know, we all – we, we loved each other, loved playing for, you know, for, for one another as well. And we, we were kind of to, we were kind of trying to establish a culture um, as well during that time frame. Um, and I think it was evident um, as, this, you know, how, how the season played out, uh, but just kind of how we grew as young men as well um, during that time frame. Um, and I want to, I mentioned culture because I think, where NEC is at now prior to, you know, that time frame even. 
obviously there's been that, that culture that you know you've you fostered as the as the leader ultimately you know as the head head coach it's translated into more success in the win loss column which obviously people look at usually first before they kind of take a deeper look um, can you can you point out or can you um, you know talk about that culture for a moment and, and, and that transition to you know 10 15 years ago to kind of where you guys have been the last few years it's interesting I think in a, in a larger context Joe you you take a look at why we were good why we've we, we've had those those moments and it's about the people that are involved. It's not about one person. It's not about the head coach. It's not about one player. Um, I, I can think back when you were playing, you know, I, you, you talk about Charlie Mason, but you can just as easily talk about a, a Matt Kelly or a Bob Nelson or a Coach Sizer or, um, yeah, I mean, just so many people involved. Um, I just think we lose sight of that. You know, I have Coach Carnavale. I, I think of, uh, you, know, you, you know, we talk about those in, uh, in Ed Largy. We talk about those people. And then, you know, as you talked about, you know, the, the guys that, that, that were a part of that group, our student athletes, then, I mean, that, the, pers- the ability to, to overcome a, a very difficult couple of years. And, and what doesn't, really hurt you, makes you stronger. And I think that's why we had the, the type of year we had your senior year. I mean, uh, I don't know if you remember, we, we set the mark for most wins in, in a, a row to start the season with a, a win at Newberry that year. We won 67-66. Yeah, and we had some, some close, we had some uh, last second possession wins that year. And I think that had a lot to do with our grit. Yeah, we're, we're definitely a, a, gritty, a gritty group. We weren't a kind of as fast-paced as the game's kind of transitioned to now or the style of play you guys play more recently. We were more of kind of a, a grind and, uh, you know, very methodical with how, um, you know, we approached, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, but you, you think about, you know, one of the nice things about NEC is the connection and the experience and the relationships that you, you know, get to see. And you also get to see as an alumni some of those kids come in and contribute to the program and help continue to grow the culture um, to where you know where it's at now and, and just into the future as well. De- definitely, I I think it, again one of the things we're most proud of is our alumni and how engaged they are after so many years, still wanting to be a part of the program. And I think their example, not only for what they were able to do while while they were players, but where they are now, is what it's all about. As we you know, we work with our student athletes right now. There, there's an example to uh, right in front of them, and, and for people like you who've already walked walked in their shoes, I think that goes that means so much. And I definitely wouldn't have even had the opportunity. You know, we talk about double, triple, secret probations um, from some of the <laughs> some of the choices that uh, you know were made during. During that time, there's kind of I guess we could chalk that up to the learning process. Um, uh, Joe, we were all learning. Yeah. I mean, uh, we were all on double secret probation. I, I you know, and I, I it's funny you you were talking about alumni before. I remember 
I, I, I'm curious if you remember that conversation you had for about an hour and a half with Dave Pilla as you were trying to figure out the next step in your life after you were done playing. And he's on Wall Street spending 90 minutes with you uh, in the middle of the day, the, the busiest time of the year for him, uh, the busiest time of the day for him, for you. And I think that, you know, that, you know, I, you, can, you can name so many student athletes or alums at New England College who, are, who really believe in the program because of the experiences they had. And our program is a testament to those people as much as it is to the student athletes we have now. The names have just changed. That's interesting. The names have just changed. And I think you kind of mentioned this earlier. We talked about leadership. Um, I heard a quote, you know, recently, forget where it's from exactly, but, you know, great, greatness isn't achieved, it's demonstrated. Um, you know, and I kind of re reflect on that, and you, know, you can see the guys who have come through the program and helped that program grow and the successes they have in their personal lives as well afterwards. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys who are out there demonstrating some of that greatness. I would agree. I, you know, I, it, greatness, or, I mean, a belief. We, I think we all believe in, in the same sort of things. And it, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, you're only as good as the group that, that, that you surround yourself with. And I think that that hasn't changed in the 19 years I've been a part of this program. Our success has a lot more to do with the, with, with the group than it does any individual. And you, you mentioned NEC, um, you know, at least the basketball program. Coaches and, and programs feel this way too, but you know, as, as a family, as well, and to kind of take it from a you know, to sidestep from the basketball aspect aspect of it there. But I just wanted to you know wonder how has family affected your growth and this in this process, you know, to, to stay hungry as well because yeah, you're the head coach, but you also um, you know there's another there's other roles you have in in, in your life as well too. I, again, I've been really fortunate with my family being so supportive. You know, my wife, Lauren, my, my parents, my, my brother, and my son. So I, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I think the example that they've set from the beginning is very important. I think when you also talk about family, you can think about that acronym that comes from family. Forget about me, I love you. And I, I think that's one of the greatest things about being part of a community college program yeah that uh, you know we, we had the term self-made last forever you know on some of our shirts um, in the program and I guess if we're being honest about that has there ever really been a self-made individual um, yes there's got to be some in my opinion there's got to be some inner drive and some inner responsibility and action taken but it essentially it takes a village right it takes a community it takes family and and those around you to help you grow, whether that's a teacher, a coach, you know, a brother, sister, a friend, um, or a mentor, even, um, which kind of you know leads me to you know, another area about mentors and mentorship. Charlie, how 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 what roles do mentors play in your life, or do you have who do you who do you consider a mentor um, as you're looking over your daily? daily things I think I've been really fortunate I, I have a lot of people that I that I 
truly care about and I know they care about me. And because of that, I, I don't feel like I'm on an island making, making decisions any day. And I, uh, again, I, I, I think that's really important no matter what career path you're, you're following, having people that you really trust and, and, and can rely on. I, you know, right now, uh, I, I just thinking of the, the people that have been closest to us in the, in the program, and they've all been mentors. Um, you know, to this day, uh, what, Coach Malcolm Wind is, is a, a tremendous mentor of mine. Uh, our, our athletic director, Dave DeCue, before Dave DeCue, Lou Izzy, before Lou Izzy, Lori Runsmeyer. Our, our, our women's basketball coach, Eric Leedy. There is no shortage of mentors at New England College. Um, and, and I think that has something to do with, uh, with our ability to persevere some, through some very difficult and challenging times. I appreciate you sharing, and, uh, and absolutely. Um, and I, in my own life, when I've you know, experienced su success, um, and even when I'm you know, experiencing times that are, are troubling, usually you know, there's been someone, um, even like yourself for me, um, who's really been able to not just provide different perspectives, um, you know, but be able to, to share experiences, be able to share Hey, how this is this is did you think about it this way you know at the very least they're just saying hey you know I'm proud of you um, those, those, those simple words go a long way well I, I couldn't agree more and again I I think of just in the beginning you know a, a coach Largy a coach Sizer uh, a coach Nelson a coach Carnavalli I mean it, it's a care factor I, I think if you if you're looking for mentors look for people who really care about you and I, I say that, I, I mean, uh, Joe, you were an assistant at one point. So was in Tim Latora. And we've had uh, um, Ben Bartolis, uh, Casey McGraw, Jaywan Martin, and now Ricky Leonard. We've been, again, we're, there's one common denominator. There's a care factor, a care factor about um, individuals, but also our program. And I think that that's really important as one looks for, for someone they can count on as a mentor. I, I can't see a, a mentor being someone, being a true mentor without having a care factor, a true investment in that individual. Well, I can confidently say, talk about that investment. Um, you know, if you wouldn't have taken that investment in my life and, and the countless other athletes that have come through there, right, I wouldn't have been able to get here on my own or other players, you know, other individuals probably wouldn't have been able to get to where they're at on their own. Um, whether I think back to some of the, you know, 6 a.m. practices or, um, you know, before tryouts and um, just having to go through um, some of those new experiences where at the end of the day, you know, you're teaching us, program's teaching us, you know, life skills um, and how to, how to handle ourselves as young men and as we continue to grow um, through life as well. I, I couldn't agree more. And that, Joe, it's, it's, I mean, you're now in the other, the other role. You're, you're in the coaching uh, position, and and it's it's eerie how it works both ways. I think that growth, that personal growth, never stops. You know, I'm, I know I'm not the same coach I was when when you first arrived. I I, I say that proudly, um, and I still know I'm not where I want to be. And I'm fortunate enough to be around 
not, not only some, some great coaches and um, great supervisors, but some, some great student athletes who can help me reach uh, new, new, uh, new, new heights. And I think that's, that's really important. I, I agree with you there, and I think it's important that we continue to, to grow, and sometimes that growth is uncomfortable. Um, one of the big things um, you know, I've seen from you and through our program and then kind of being able to translate in some areas of life is that perseverance as well um, and how you, how you get through some of those situations. Um, I appreciate your time, Charlie. I don't want to keep it too much longer, but I, um, a couple more, couple more things here. Can you think of a, um, can you think of any specific choices you made talking about perseverance and kind of going through and growth, any specific choices you made that have helped you get to where you're at at this point, not just your career, but in life? Yes. I, I think if I look back at the most fulfilling experiences, they've come just as you had mentioned earlier in the most uncomfortable times. I think that's when that brings out the best in you. I think we look at those moments, those, those weakest moments is something we should be embarrassed by. But the reality is when you look back, I, I think those probably play a bigger part in, in your, your ability to step forward than any other moments in your life. And there's, there's something about that vulnerability, something about maybe not necessarily rock bottom, but getting to a spot where you're at and you know, being able to learn from, from those experiences as well. Um, you know, to try to you know, put yourself in a better position um, you know, as you progress. I'm curious along those lines, Joe. How how do you go from uh, a, a six and nineteen season to or to a seventeen and eight season? Well, you give me the ball more, and you know, the results take care of themselves. I'm going to go back again to your best game ever. You want me to start with points that night? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. Uh... Obviously, none of my teammates at the time would probably agree either. But, um, you know, I, we made a yeah, – I think it's a commitment to a bigger cause. Um, you know, for me personally, thinking about that, you know, uh, as a coach and as a player, you know, playing for years, it's very easy to get caught up in the individuality part of it, you know, the individual stats um, and thinking how can you shine. Um, but the neat thing about the game of basketball too is – you know, one player can only get you so far. Now, there are some very talented um, exceptions to uh, you know, where players can, the levels they can reach, but we made, you know, I just think there, you know, and some of the successful teams been a part of, there's been a commitment to the group and a, a bigger purpose, I, I would say. Um, so that could be, you know, one thing that I think we, we made a bigger commitment more than just our individual goals for that particular you know transition do you think that was conscious or do you think that happened organically you know i think um it's a little bit of both um i think organically we were tired of losing um you know and kind of be the laughing stock um you know of, of some you know some opponents and i think organically we all started to you know kind of hold ourselves to higher higher standards as well as as student athletes um and 
think naturally through the practices and, and the games and the commitment. I, remember, I mean, I remember you know doing scouts on the bus before the game and making sure, hey, you know the scout, or you ain't playing. Um, and, and that was probably a little crazy at times, um, you know. But we were the expectation was, hey, you know, like this is bigger than just you know me or you. Um, you know, we're trying to we're trying to come at these guys, and, and the best way for us to come at these guys, the opponents, is to make sure we're all on the same page. You know, playing with a lot of successful players, they were more than capable with their individual talents. But until we were able to kind of make that click, um, you know, it wasn't really as prevalent. And then consciously, you know, I think with the individual workouts, you know, the individual growth, um, you know, kind of tie that into the organic process that was being fostered um, as part of that culture. I, I would agree. It, it, I mean, it's. Trial and error, isn't it? It's a little bit about being uh, lucky too. Yeah, I'd be skeptical, you know, if someone says they have everything figured out, uh, you know, whether as a as a CEO or you know any type of leadership role or or team role or as a coach, especially, um, because everything's changing, everything's evolving, and and you have to be you have to be as an active, it's a proactive process as well. And like you said, trial and error. You know, there's a lot that goes into um, what works well, what doesn't, what adjustments can we make, what adjustments did we make, you know, and do those work. And you know, when you start talking about from a team perspective, you got a bunch of personalities, a bunch of different beliefs. You know, you got a bunch of variables that uh, come into play as well. And you get to try to, uh, you know, put in the best position for everybody. I I would agree. Uh, I'm curious, Joe. Do you do you remember uh, best game that year? What which one was it for you? Most rewarding, rewarding game your your senior year. Oh man, put me on the spot here. My own show. Um, for some reason, Nichols stands out. I don't know. Nichols. Nichols at home. Nichols. I think that was a pretty solid effort. Um, it was. I'm building some momentum. That was early on in the second semester. Yeah, I was say early second semester. Um, and you know, we were starting to kind of get back into a rhythm at that point. I, there was a number from that, you know, that season that we could probably, you know, go off of. So. Uh, yeah. That was a pretty good game for you. I just pulled it up. 21 points, eight rebounds, one for two from three. That's solid. That was a solid night for you, Joe. Yeah. For anyone. That's a great game. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, we could, we, you know, we could talk back and go down those, um, you know, memory lanes for a while. Because I mean, at the end of the day, being able to be in that position as a college athlete, you know, I think I've mentioned this um, before, but it kind of, it's after that point, it's created like an emptiness, a void, in trying to find that, um, you know, next chapter, we'll say, where. Um, and you're making those those sacrifices for the for the better of the group. You're making that commitment um, to that type of program, that competitiveness. Uh, you know, when I you know participate in let's say general pickup, uh, you know, I'm by no means the best player out there, but that just that competitiveness in a game is something that is tough to you know fill after graduation. I, I think trying to find our passion is is a process. 
And I think uh, college athletics is a great opportunity to, to explore that. And when that comes to an end, finding that next chapter that really makes you passionate uh, about what you do is, is a difficult one. But the people who do figure it out, I, I think it's well worth the investment. As you indicated earlier, not, nothing, nothing uh, really good comes really easy. That's, that's for sure. Um, and as stubborn as I can be sometimes, you know, I need a slice of humble pie, as Matt Kelly would say. Um, you know, it, uh, it is a process, and sometimes we want to speed that process up, but, you know, there's no shortcuts. So I got uh, just uh, one more, two more questions here, uh, and then I'll, I'll let you go, Charlie. Uh, I appreciate, you know, be able to, to join and share. Um, if you were, you know, if, if I'm an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 19-year-old high school senior, and, you know, I think I, I have a chance or I have what it takes to play at that next level, whether it be, you know, D3, D2, D1, um, you know, what are some common characteristics or traits that you think that, people could take advantage of and possibly have, you know, either, hey, I can be successful at the next level or, hey, reality check. Yeah, intramurals looks good. I, I think when, when, you're, when we're trying to evaluate prospective students or recruits, I, I think one thing that – two things that come out very clearly. Number one, do they have passion or is this more of a hobby? I, I, I'm a big P.J. Fleck fan from University of Minnesota. He says passion is when love and purpose collide. We want to find people who have see basketball, college basketball, is, is that combination of love and purpose. I think the second thing that comes to mind is finding people who are really competitive. I think those two things usually are very strong indicators of success at the next level. You, you, you got to find people who are who are driven and goal oriented. Um, and, and the third thing would be the fit. Do they fit the way? That, where's the fit on both sides? You know, our, our style of play versus their strengths as a player. Our philosophy in terms of a personal growth or academic achievement and what they're looking for in their experience. So I, I, th I think, again, going back, passion, competitiveness, and, and fit would be three areas that, that I think are really important for, for, for a person looking, look, looking to take that, that step. And I think that could probably be applied to, I mean, obviously not just basketball, but any sport, um, you know, you're thinking there. But I think you, that fit is also a very important piece. I think that's overlooked um, because some people, you know, they want it their way. And, you know, that buying into the entire program is, is – just as important as what you're bringing to that program, if not more. It's interesting. Coach Coach Malcolm Wynn, who's our uh, associate head coach, uh, says it all the time. Winners speak a language losers don't understand. Mm -hmm. I like and I think that, uh, you know, I look back at our, our program, and I think we were trying to figure it out early on, and we've, we've been fortunate enough to have some, some very positive years. And I think you take a look at those years, why they're positive. You talked about it before, finding people who are buying into something bigger than just themselves. Goes a long way in team sports. Absolutely. And it, As do great, good players. 
missed it. I bought the X's and O's, but I've been using the Joe's. Oh, I'd like to use that as an excuse sometimes. Ah, man. Charlie, I, I, I appreciate it. i got one more question here to end. Uh, this is, can you verify I once dunked a basketball? Joe, I do not remember that. All right, just I do. I do not recall. I'll, I'll edit that part out. Don't worry. Um, yes, I, I, we could call Andrew McDonald or uh, Spencer Marzook or Shane Hennessy or Jason Minerve or. Do you want me to continue? I mean, I've got a Pat Quinn, Ryan Jazeri. Like I said, we'll yeah. we'll edit this part out. Um, we don't have to worry. <laughs> we've got we got plenty of people we can call for verification. Yeah, no, it's I, I'll take you. I, Thank you. I, I think we, we, we could open up the phones. We could get a couple people yeah, on right now. Yeah, I'll make sure. Uh, yeah, I'll consider that next time. You know, it's always about growing. Uh, clearly. Clearly. Oh. Charlie, I appreciate you making, um, making time for me today and taking time out of your, out of your schedule. Um, I think NEC I just went graduation today um, or Correct. weekend. Um, so. You guys are, are obviously winding down in one aspect, although it's a you know it's a year long thing. Um, but I just, you know, good luck with uh, the remaining time with with campus and, and some of the off season uh, recruiting. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. Joe, I want to thank you for having me, and, and more importantly, I want to thank you for all you've done for our program and for me. We we're not where we are without you and 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 all of your other um, teammates. And again, very grateful to have you. Uh, as one of our, our alums at New England College. I appreciate it. Thank you. Man, life has a, a way of bringing it, bringing it full circle. You know, I think of experiences in the basketball program with Charlie where I acted or others actors, and I can only speak for myself here, in very inappropriate or disrespectful ways. Um, and didn't really truly appreciate what he was doing in my life and the life of others and providing leadership uh, throughout that program and you know reflecting on it now and being able to grow our relationship has been invaluable in how I've been able to you know make it through certain seasons of my life and you know I'm just truly truly grateful for that relationship so you know, take from this episode what you please, regardless of where you're at in this journey of life. You know, one thing I think is is pretty clear that is that we need each other to grow and become better humans. And sometimes that can be very uncomfortable. And as we talked about earlier, that growth, that change is uncomfortable because we get used to, you know, we get stuck in our way. Sometimes we get in our own way. And the idea, one of the ideas behind this is to help us get out of our own way um, at times. So if you enjoyed it, reach out and let me know. If you didn't, you can still reach out and let me know too. Um, But may you find peace, love, and purpose in your journey. Until next time, God bless. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to hop on over to Instagram and give us a follow at steppingupdu. Check out the website in the bio of the podcast or the Instagram profile. Don't miss an update and subscribe on your favorite listening platform as well. 